0: For the creatively adventurous and the relentlessly curious, this is The Creativity Café.
1: A podcast that answers your questions about creativity, inspires new ideas, and makes you feel right at home. I'm Paige Baldwinando, and I'm a writer and creativity coach who helps people move past their blocks and maximize their creative potential. And I'm Jordana Matsuda. I'm an illustrator, and I'm on my creative journey with Paige helping me along the way. So grab a cup of tea and join us in discovering new creative landscapes here on The Creativity Café. page i have a question for you let's hear it so what are some ways you like to play creatively oh i love this question
0: um well there's a few different things one is like quite goofy if you want my goofy side okay yes of
1: course we want to hear the goofy (laughs) stuff
0: (laughs) i really love to make up songs about my family and about what's happening in my family like when I'm cooking dinner when I'm doing anything around the house chances are very good that I am singing a little ridiculous made-up song (laughs) that I have (laughs) created (laughs) each of my kids has their little songs and then we have a pet rabbit okay Um, and our rabbit has his own little voice and his own
1: little songs. Your also. rabbit sings. Are you telling yes, me your rabbit yes, sings? He <laughs> yes, he does. He is a virtuoso. Um,
0: <laughs> and that is something I've done my whole life. Um, since I was a kid, my brother and I used to love to make up voices for our pets and like make up little songs. And my brother is actually a musician who you know has Mm. put out albums like he's that's really mm -hmm. he's still you know he's very uh, good with words Mm. he's a lyricist Um, I'm more of like a little ditty you know (laughs) (laughs) something quick (laughs) Um, so I love to play in that way and then on a more you know a note that's more like in line with my more usual creative outlet I -hmm. love to write Um, as you know And I really like to play with words um, in terms of just like putting things down, you know, on paper that are whatever's coming to me and just playing and seeing what happens. So sometimes it comes out in the form of a poem that's just like splashed on the paper, you know. And other times it will be um, something that's a little more, you know, just Exploratory, like seeing what I'm thinking about, that sort of thing. But I really enjoy that kind of playfulness. And then a third thing, if you're willing to ride with me, of along, course,
1: of course,
0: <laughs> is something that I've done with you, which is visual journaling. Oh, and yes. Really, yeah, I really enjoy visual journaling, which is essentially, you know, just creating an image of uh, whatever we're feeling in the moment asking a question first, like, um, what is it that I need to know? Or, or you know, uh, anything we can ask a question about anything and creating an image and seeing what comes out. It's a very intuitive, um, free kind mm. of way of playing with images.
1: Yeah. I so, love doing visual journaling sessions with you.
0: Yeah. It's so, so
1: meaningful every time I've done it.
0: Right, something interesting always mm. comes
1: out, right? It really does, yeah. Yeah. Mm. How about you? How do you like to play creatively? Um, You like, for me, it's about color. So I, when I'm, yeah, just kind of you know, playing as if playing, I just love to get out my paints and just try and find new color palettes that I love. Because I tend mm-hmm. to use the same colors because I'm just naturally drawn to them so then I try to combine like one of my favorite colors with color that I wouldn't usually use or try Mm. and mix up a color that I wouldn't usually use um yeah I did this really fun workshop a few months ago and it was about like how to make hundreds of hundreds many colors from just two complementary colors and it was so interesting yeah like Adding whites and blacks, and then mixing those colours together—it was so interesting, um, just to see the variety of colours you can get from just those two initial colours plus black and white. Um, and that's just that's just really fun for me. I think a lot of my joy comes from the the combination of unusual colours, or um, yeah, so. I think color, playing with color, is always my first go to, and the other thing would be, is like collect collecting things from nature. So I have nearly every sketchbook has like pages with like leaves or flowers that we squashed, pressed. You know, you know when you're little, you have to press flowers. Um, (laughs) All (laughs) of my sketchbooks have like different things from nature, different leaves, we picked up along the way, and everywhere there's just little bits of nature everywhere um because there I think for me nature is always a source of um, inspiration and you know the shapes and the colors and designs within nature are always so beautiful so I think your yeah, nature and colors are my playful playful creative things
0: oh I love that mm. yeah it's always fun to just like see what happens when you decide to get into that like exploratory place and just start doing and see what comes out
1: yeah it really is because you never really know you think Mm -hmm. it's just you know oh I'm just gonna do this and whilst you're in the in the process of you know mixing colors up you know you have an idea about something or um yeah it's always fun
0: yeah well today our guest is someone who um, loves to play and loves to especially use interesting materials found objects um things from her surroundings that she finds and make them into jewelry so i'm really excited to have everyone hear this conversation that we had with uh, victoria close who is just a such an interesting person and who creates such cool things so let's have a listen (music) Originally from the UK, Victoria is a jeweler and a long-term resident of the Shimokitazawa neighborhood of Tokyo, Japan. Taking inspiration from the area's chic, vintage-heavy vibe, Victoria makes one-of-a-kind jewelry from Japanese fabrics and found objects that would otherwise be forgotten. She's founded the Overseas Makers Guild, which supports expats around the world with handmade businesses and le- leads Tokyo Instamingle, an in-person meetup for people in Tokyo who are also on Instagram. Thank you for joining us, Victoria. Hello, hello. How hello. are you?
2: Hi. Happy to have you with us. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. I'm just, just to say that I have got a cold and I'm really sorry if I sound really stuffed up. No
1: nope. okay. Oh. Oh. This time of year, I think it's to be expected really. That's right. I'm sure exactly. you won't be the last person. It's very
2: cold <laughs> in my studio right now. I've got my slippers on. I'll be okay.
1: I was actually thinking this morning,
2: should I turn the heater on?
1: I'm like, no. Oh, Mimes, I did yesterday.
2: I did for five minutes. Yeah,
1: in the morning it's really chilly, I did. Yeah,
2: five minutes. <laughs> and then I thought, this is ridiculous. It's not even November. Turn I it know, off. Okay.
1: <gasps> also, I was like, just put another layer on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A
2: blanket, slanket. <laughs> but... <laughs>
1: oh, well, thank okay. you for joining us today. Thank you. And uh, we have one question we ask all of our guests at the beginning of the mm-hmm. interview. And it is. What is your first memory of doing something creative?
2: I've got so many. Um, I came. I've come. I come from um, a very creative background, really. Of how I can describe my mainly females, to be honest, uh, make do menders. Mm. So I grew up around. um, My grandma was a seamstress. My auntie was. The the first memory I have is the I can't say it was a whirr of a sewing machine, but it was like they had industrial sewing machines around and it was a you know, like a yeah. <laughs> a real sort of fast sewing machine. I wish I had one of those now actually, because make my work a lot quicker. Mm. Um so that was one of the first memories, but my I, I obviously wasn't involved in that because I was just there while things were being made or Um, particularly altered if somebody wanted something taking in or taking out or you know I always remember I had I'm going to show my age now but um, I wanted to really you know like skin tight jeans (laughs) (laughs) yes and it was the first time that skin tight jeans were in not the second time (laughs) Um, so that's how old I am right it was the (laughs) 80s put it that way and um, I remember saying to my mom and my nan, oh I you know I really want some you know drain pipes as we called them then and uh, they were like yeah well you have jeans I was like yeah but they're the wrong you know the wrong sort of cut I didn't use the word cut because I didn't know it was like nine Mm. or something my nan said give them here (laughs) (laughs) you know the sewing machine and then all of a sudden I had these skinny jeans that's cool and I think really cool I think that's what I grew up around is that if you don't have it Make it yourself, right. or adapt it, or you know, somehow alter something. And my husband always says, "Oh my gosh, you know, give me an aubergine, and I'll make you a whole outfit out of it." You know, just <laughs> basically, he'll go, "Stop saying I can do that," you know. But my own, my own memory of myself being creative—I think I was, I was trying to think. When I listened to your your um, podcast, your first podcast, I was thinking, "Oh, what was mine?" And I think it was, um, we had this very old um, house. I think it was an Edwardian house. And um, it's kind of a spooky place, actually, which is another story for another day. (laughs) Um, But we had this big kitchen and it was actually in an aubergine colour, actually. So it was the 70s. And I remember my mum, she used to save all the yoghurt pots. And we used to have mini cereal boxes in those days. Oh, yeah. You know the you know the yeah the pack yeah. of different yeah. ones. I don't know why we <laughs> did that. Um, and then she used to save anything like that because we didn't really have like a craft shops in those days, did we? We didn't have like right. I don't remember having like big tubs of glitter or anything. I remember little tiny vials of v- glitter and yes. things like that. And and I don't remember having like access to big you know reams of paper and things. I just recycled everything so she she had this huge box underneath the counter and um, anytime she had any waste material she'd throw it in and then when she was baking I was a big big talker back in the day I still am um, and she, I'd be like what are you doing mum and asking all these questions and I think just to shut me up she'd say right here here's this big box of stuff and I'd make my own glue out out of flour and water mainly <laughs> And then I try and glue these things together. Of course, you know, I learned a lot about materials then because, you know, certain things don't glue together with flour and water. Yeah. Um, but I just make these weird... I don't even remember the things I made, but I remember the process of it, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the most important thing for a child anyway, yeah. is to go through the process and just of trial and error and just the creative doing and playing is the most important thing at that age and i was i suppose about 5 6 or maybe earlier when i was doing that but beyond that i don't really remember much else other than being around these people that could do really cool stuff
1: mm-hmm. yeah that has such an impact on you when you see adults around you doing that type of thing it stays yeah. with you doesn't yeah. it
2: yes hoping that my kids will take up the uh, the mantle of that as well and seeing me do things, they're pretty creative individuals as well. So I think it's it's going on further and further in, in um, the different generations. I Absolutely,
0: hope. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's true. You know, when you see people around you being creators as opposed to merely consumers, you know, like yeah. when you see people, you know, making do with what they have and enjoying the process of doing that. What can I make? You know, what could I do with this? Mm. It's exciting, and, and also, reminds, oh, sorry, ahead, ahead, sorry sorry
2: I'm just thinking about the um there was a, an unpredictability about it about my processing at that age because I didn't know what was going to be in the box
0: yeah you
2: know I didn't know what materials would be there and what we were, they'd be made of so I think that was also really helpful because you you can be as creative as you'd like in a situation where you've chosen the stuff Mm -hmm. but it's not as creative as if someone gives you some stuff and says do something with that right so I think that was that was the start of everything yeah
0: I mean that really ties into what you do now doesn't it like yeah you talk a lot about this Japanese concept of motainai and the the motainai for anyone who doesn't know who's listening basically means like it's a concept about like not wasting like making do with what we have and and really bringing out the (laughs) the goodness and what is there as opposed to throwing something away
2: would you say that's a fair definition how would yeah I I usually describe it as the regret at being something being wasted Mm -hmm. so this this sort of another word in Japanese zannen, Mm -hmm. like oh it's such a shame like oh that it's being wasted and maybe you could use that in some other way or keep it going or fix it or there's lots of things that motainai can can be right yeah so how
0: does um, that play into your work now that concept of motainai that you've so got
2: into I think it's, it's been in my fiber since you know I was born into it mm-hmm. because I grew up with um, a grandma who had and, and, you know her siblings who'd been through the war And uh, my mum had hadn't she was born during the war, but she had experienced rationing. So I think the hangover from that is I've always been the whole of the, the, the UK was from that mindset at that time is that, oh, well, you know, you have to be careful with what you have and you have to use what you have or you have to fix things. You know, people were a lot more handy back in the day Yeah. where, you know, if you want a shelf putting up, you put a shelf up. Mm-hmm. You don't pay someone to come in and do it for you. You just do it. Right. And I'm I'm from that background. So um, and, and I remember from that time of when I was at the kitchen counter making the models that I also used to love dressing up. I was a real creative kid. I think I spent quite a lot of time on my own thinking about it. And uh, I was really into music and um, acting. I wanted to be an actress at one point. And my mum would buy all these, um, at the time it, they were vintage, but not that vintage, but 1950s, mm-hmm. sort of um, vivid memories of them, hats with veils and oh, yes. the big underskirts, you know, those that yes. they used to put under their big uh, full circle dresses and um, Doris Day kind of style. Mm-hmm. And she... She must have got them from somewhere. I was given them, but at that point there were only twenty years vintage, right? Right. So, I, and I dress up in these amazing, you know, big long underskirts and think I was some kind of actress from the the movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and also at that time, my mum was really into finding things that. And again, it was probably because of the time. Um, I remember we had this huge basement and. It had a uh, chaise long in it, you mm-hmm. know, from the sort of, I guess it was Victorian. It was really old and completely moth-eaten. And my mum, I, oh, I used to say to her, what are we going to do with this? And she's like, oh, we're going to get it recovered. And we're going to, you know, we're going to mend it. It's a bit rickety. We're going to fix it. And we, I think my sister-in-law and my brother still have it. But wow. it's, been, it's been covered many, 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 many times since then. But I think all those building blocks are put in place. This I can't say that I had an idea for a business of what I know. It's mm-hmm. just it was in my soul, yeah, if you like natural outcropping of. Who it you sounds are. a bit deep, doesn't it? But it, I, I, I really do believe um, that you shouldn't waste things, and I, yeah. I think there must be another way. If you don't waste it, how can you use it differently? And so. I I was I started off my jewelry career as a um, using precious metals so silver gold stones that kind of thing and when my kids were born I realised oh gosh that I just can't do that around them I wanted to work when they were napping and it's so loud and it's so dusty and, and noxious that I mm-hmm. I felt like I can't really do that anymore but I still want to make jewelry. Oh, what can I do? And I had all this vintage kimono. I don't know why um, in my studio. And I thought, Oh, maybe I could do something with this. That is not about, you know, using precious metals anymore. Maybe mm-hmm. I could do costume jewelry. And I just started experimenting and it was probably about a year or year and a half of experimenting. And I thought, oh, I've got a product I've got a product right here people were asking to buy it and and I thought oh maybe this is a new thing that I can do now and that's how the brand was reborn I guess because it was precious metals before now it's not well it has come full circle because I'm back going back into that again Mm um but yeah I I Trawl vintage shops, antique shops. Uh, I'm gifted a lot of fabrics and I just try to use what I can how I can. I'm always having ideas
1: about how to use them differently. So, what do you find particularly inspiring or interesting about Japanese materials? So, I
2: think the I love the color palettes for start. I'm looking at some right now. There's this one here, it's bright yellow. Mm. Um, blobs on a cream background and this watercolor gray mixed with pink oh lovely <laughs> and bright red with splashes of actual like a, a gold like a gold paint Wow! and it's the unexpected color palettes that you get with Japanese fabrics is that I, I can't imagine that if I sat down with a with a box of paints that I would put I would do like a a wash of gray and pink and then put bright yellow next to it. I just can't imagine that I would do that. It's a definite different sense of um, understanding color that we have in the West than we have in the West. So that's one thing. Um, And in particular using the older fabrics, I like seeing that a human has been wearing it i know that yeah. sounds odd because no. a lot of people are a bit funny about secondhand things you know Ooh, yuck you know but i like it because kimono particularly is usually used in celebration right yes so it feels like it's a bit of a happy fabric for me that it's it's been at a wedding or it's been at a party um you know there's particular ones that are used at funerals which is they not the colors I would use anyway and they have a bad feeling for me so I like it when I see the mark of a human somebody who's stitched it by hand or if there's a, a mark or a, t- a tear or a wear sort of mark I don't mind that I think that's the pattern of age is is quite fascinating in itself
0: mm-hmm.
2: yes yeah. yeah,
0: so that's what a- that's
2: that's why I want to use it as much as I can while I still can Right, yeah, these things have a life in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm yeah. curious
0: too if you have thoughts about like the, wagara, like the different Japanese patterns, the yeah. traditional patterns of like, like the one I'm thinking of is the, is it called uroko the scales? You know, there's all those different or like the arrows uh, like or,
2: seigaiha, seigaiha, yeah, she, seigaiha waves, se, waves, wave, uh, yeah, looking ones, uh, yeah, there's so many, it's more geometric, mm-hmm. um yeah i really i do use a lot of more modern wagana, but also it comes in the kimono as well um but I'm not as when when I go sourcing I'm always looking for mid century and onwards uh-huh um there's something that feels bad about breaking down a, a really antique kimono unless it's completely damaged beyond repair I, I feel like I don't want to do that um right. so a lot of my fabrics are they're quite abstract and a bit wild <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I find I really like the um you know the, the nutty colors that <laughs> you get together, <laughs> that put together yes. and the wild patterns that quite abstract stuff mm-hmm. and it's not particularly Japanesey Um, because I I found that to be a little bit derivative yeah um occasionally they'll creep in but I'll more often than not use a modern cotton or something like that to bring it in Mm -hmm. I just I'm not as attracted to the traditional wagara patterns on kimono I don't know why it just feels a little bit old to me like a bit dated in a way Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to rebirth them into something more modern and more Mm -hmm. you know 21st century, yes. and it's really hard to do that when you've got something that's super traditional. Yes, mm. yeah, I, but that is something that you do
0: extremely well. Is that oh, you bring you. this? Yeah, you really do bring this this life and this vitality to the materials and and present them in a way that feels fresh and modern and exciting.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I try. I try to bring in sort of my aesthetic is I like asymmetry. Mm-hmm. Um, so i'll never pick the same piece of fabric twice for a pair of earrings for example i like things that are the earrings themselves are odd ones yeah shorter than the other um yeah so it's it's a slightly different take than you might see around i think yeah yeah so uh, yeah will you tell us a
0: little more about the process of like how it works for you when you're making something
2: well it does go back to when i was a child uh-huh. and i just play with yeah. things my desk isn't out if you could see it now you well you might be enthralled but you might also be appalled <laughs> <laughs> or you might be both. both a little both in fact i'm a little of both right now overwhelmed <laughs> as well um but you know i'll just describe it so i've got like uh, trays of partly finished jewelry i've got uh, on my desk lined up some earrings that I'm about to finish I've got a stack of fabrics I've got some uh, bracelets I'm about to finish and then I've got a stack of materials that are ready to be used in some way and I just play I just get things out and I organize things and put things together and then I just play and that—that's the process, really. And oh, trying yeah. to bring in some unexpected things as well. We, you know, you said in your intro about the found objects, and there's a little shop which was just down the road from my uh, pop-up that I had recently, and it's a little vintage shop. And he sort of sees me coming and goes, "Oh my god, what now?" <laughs> <laughs> and so one day I went in there and I bought a load of uh, 1970s or 60s skipping ropes. and they were in the most amazing neon colours that you've ever seen and they were still in the packet and uh, he said he just sort of looked at me I said I'll take all these he says, what are you going to do with it I said I'm going to make jewellery and he looked at me like shook his head and was like okay whatever (laughs) and then another time I went in and I found similar kind of colour palette Um, children's chopsticks also still in the packaging And I thought, I have to have them. I don't know what I'm going to use these for, but the colours are amazing. So they sat in my studio for a year, and I thought, I don't know what to do with them. And then one day I thought, I'm just going to make earrings out of these. And I just got my saw out and started hacking, and I made asymmetrical chopstick earrings. I love that these- series. I remember those. Remember yeah, them?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And they <laughs> sold out almost immediately, because people were like, I just... And it was the chopstick handle bit, so yes. you couldn't really tell they were chopsticks. And the guy said again, "What are you doing with these?" I think he <laughs> thought I was reselling it, or I was like, "I'm going to cut them up." He's like, "What?" I said, "I'm going to cut them with a saw, and I'm going to make them into earrings." And he just sort of looked at me like, "Either you're a genius or you're really really odd." I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what what to think again, about you right, right now i don't think i'm a genius at all just for cutting up some chopsticks and making earrings but you know he just sort of he's like yeah i'll take your money you know you want the thing that's fine you
1: should take them back once you've made them take them and show him. Yeah. like yeah Look what i did with it i don't think
2: he's particularly interested to be honest no? i think he just wants to sell the stuff yep. <laughs> so you know basically um my process is just playing you know at the moment i've got this stack of japanese sweets on my desk as well and i'm making <laughs> some flat lays with sweets fun. oh <laughs> nice just had this idea you know that I a little bit of asmr uh, <laughs> a tin of a tin of uh, fruit drop sweets which is in the most amazing packing and i love it um yeah, it's on my instagram packages. yesterday yeah and I, I was, I'm obsessed with the packaging, and I'm, I'm going to use the packaging in designs uh, later on. But I, I'm doing these flat lays of uh, boiled sweets, like you Ooh. do, <laughs> for another project. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, I, keep... I think you talking about the packaging. Yeah. I think you really inspired me <clears throat> to keep all those packaging. Like on my desk, my art desk, yeah. I now have like all the old tins that before I would have just put it for recycling because I'm like I don't like to keep lots of stuff yeah yeah I'm like oh no I'm gonna make my desk my art desk like have lots of nice little trinkets to hold my s- pencils and stuff in well then, why have
2: something boring right
1: exactly exactly Why you know I don't need to, yeah there's so much lovely stuff out there that um yeah, you can just reuse. So you inspired me with that. Oh,
2: good. Well, I don't know whether whether everyone around you is going to say good, but... Well, it's as my long as you it's fine. <laughs> you get pleasure out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Um, so are there any projects that you're working on at the moment that, um, that you're excited about? Well, the sweets are quite exciting because I, okay, yes, yes. I get
2: to make the flat and I get to eat them,
1: uh-huh. which is Ooh. pretty nice. Yeah.
2: Um, my kids don't know about this project yet, but I'm sure they'll get wind very soon oh, and they'll nice. be in trying to eat the sweets <laughs> as well. Um, what else am I doing? I just um, finished a project of Christmas cards with Kokeshi dolls. I collect Kokeshi dolls as well. And Those I sell them. I sell, yeah. Oh, thank you. And they arrived yesterday and they're already being shipped out. Um, so that was pretty exciting. I I do like doing things in print as well. It's nothing to do with jewellery. But I do enjoy that. Um, what else? What other project? I've got so many projects. Um, I'm planning another pop-up for the spring for, um, to have a curated pop-up again. And uh, that's coming up. And I am working with um, my old colleague, Alex from Turquoise Port, who has now moved to New Zealand and we've got a partnership. So we're working on a course all about mailing lists and what else a place i really like hanging out is the overseas makers guild which is on facebook i chatting to the the members there because i love i'm a real um handmade fan i can't help it i just want to tell everyone about handmade yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not just my own stuff but other people's stuff as well so that really floats my boat at the moment just um championing other businesses and handmade business owners Uh, and what else have I got
0: that
2: community is important to you yes so important you know it's important to them I think I hope but it's also important to me because I don't have colleagues um Oh, hopefully the uh, builders are back to make more noise, which is really nice next door. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I don't have colleagues, so I don't have my water cooler moments or my, you know, having a cup of tea in the break room moments. So it's nice to, every week we meet once a week in the Overseas Makers Guild on Zoom and just have a little chat about what we're doing, what our projects are, uh, are doing. And, you know, just touching base with people is really important because Mm -hmm. you might go for a whole week and not not really talk about your work with anyone other than yourself right
0: right? yeah that's right and especially with creative work i think it's so valuable to be able to talk to other creative people who are doing similar things because when those moments arise that you're having a tough time or you've you know just reached a place of uh stagnancy or whatever it is that's going on to have other people there who get it is so
2: valuable and there's only so much journaling you can do right that's right (laughs) yes sometimes you just need to talk to someone and just get your idea out and see what it's and sometimes my my husband always laughs he says are you telling me because you're floating the idea by me or are you trying to listen to yourself saying the idea to convince yourself yeah well he's a coach so Mm -hmm. you know he's he's gonna come up with these questions but he said um Yeah, he says, usually you come to me with this question, but actually it's usually you trying something on the size to see what it Mm -hmm. sounds like. Mm -hmm. And you've usually, you're 99% sure that you're going to go that way with this project and you just want to hear it. And for me to just go, yeah, great idea. Because he never says no, what a a terrible idea. I know he won't. He's so supportive. (laughs) He'll always go, do it. You know, if I say the other day I said, Oh, I'd love to get a shop. He said, What's stopping you? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Me? Maybe me? <laughs> Just myself. <laughs> Just myself. <laughs> Just me. Just my confidence.
0: <laughs> so yeah. besides talking to him, what else do you up against some some creative obstacle or block?
2: How do you move past that? Uh, I know I know. I know this is what you do, Paige, but I have to say, I don't get creative blocks. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I think some people don't. I really do. No. I think some people don't.
0: Because um, maybe there's this playing that you do that you're yeah.
2: immersed in. And, and for me, when I, when I feel like, what next? If I hear myself saying, what should I do? or What next? <clears throat> then I just take action. Mm-hmm. I just do something. Right. And it might just be, getting something new out or going somewhere new with a sketchbook or my my phone and take photos of it <clears throat> excuse me so I, I think my op- I've got the opposite problem of creative blocks which is sometimes I have too many things that I have ideas mm-hmm. about and it's it's trying to define which one is the most important for me to which avenue is the most important to go down Excuse me. But I, I don't think it's. I don't remember ever sitting at my my bench going, oh, what do I what should I do? I don't remember ever doing right. that. Yeah.
0: You know, I, can- I do think it sometimes comes in the form of like, well, should I do this thing that I actually know I want to do? But like what your husband was saying to you, like there's what is stopping? Yeah. yeah. Like, it can come in that kind of form where you're like, hmm. You know, those moments of hesitation or those moments of, um, you know, like,
2: do I have the clarity? I'm not
0: sure. You know, that kind of thing
2: can, can yeah for, for most of us. That's why I did the pop-up, because I thought... Um, I just it landed in my lap, and I thought, I can say, I can do it, or I can walk away from it. Mm-hmm. What if I... I'll just do it. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how I work. I that's just unfortunately i act first think later mm-hmm. and try to make the best of the situation that is evolving in front of me i didn't used to be like that i used to be a real planner and used to be really um you know like working out the different scenarios and now I, now i don't i just go well, I, I don't know what i'm doing and that is okay mhm yeah you know yeah and in fact that's mm-hmm. exciting <laughs>
0: right yeah and I think for a lot of us there's this um like a tap like the creativity tap you know that when we keep it open the flow is just kind of gonna happen it's there yeah Yeah. and it sounds like you're really committed to keeping it open
2: yeah I haven't even ever really thought until you asked me the question I haven't really thought about do I have creative blocks or not Mm -hmm. um but I yeah I, I I don't think I yeah, I don't think I do. And the other thing I do is is I write things, I, I draw a lot and I write things down a lot. So when I have an idea, I make sure I record it. If it's something that won't, if it won't leave me alone, it's usually telling me that it's something that I need to pursue in some way
1: yeah. at yes. some
2: point in the future. Yes. So if I write, if it's one of those ideas, I usually get it into a sketchbook and I might not do anything for a year. In fact, that's how the Kokeshi cards um, appeared, is that I worked on them actually last year. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. And I shelved them for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, right, I need a Christmas card. Uh, I have these. Right. They yeah. were there. Yeah. They just needed tweaking and finishing and they were done. So right. it's, that's that's kind of my process, really and, and how beautiful. the blocks get worked through so
0: yeah that's yeah. beautiful it sounds like a very like something that clearly works for you yeah. the way you are doing it
2: and also to take breaks when you feel like you need the physical break
0: yes
2: is I really think. important to not push through when you don't feel like being creative I totally agree it's okay that. to just take a break <laughs> yeah. it's okay to just do something else and go do the laundry if you need to Mm-hmm. It'll be there when you come back. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit different when you're doing it for a, for a living, but as long as you don't do that too much, <laughs> <and soon laughs> yeah. you get too distracted. <laughs> by by vacuuming oh it has to be done you know you're avoiding right.
1: the work oh cleaning I love a bit of cleaning yeah. oh I've
2: right. got to defuzz my kettle or I've <laughs> oh look at this you know drain in the bathroom it's like well that was the same yesterday exactly. it's going to be the same tomorrow just leave it
1: you know yes exactly um, that's right <laughs> <laughs> so Victoria thinking about like I know you love to work within the community so what um advice would you have for people who want to make jewelry or start making handmade items
2: so i I had a little think about this and um there's a few things that i i would suggest a few steps is first of all connect with others who are like Mm -hmm. you who are doing definitely not the same business as you because that's too difficult to not be um inspired I'm putting that in bunny quotes because you know there's a lot of that inspiration going around shall we say where people are um maybe thinking it's their idea but actually it was someone else's okay. uh, so I would say you know connecting with people who are not necessarily doing exactly the same as you um, and honing your craft is really important to make sure you get good at what you do by practicing and doing it every day um because there's no good building a, a, i'm talking specifically about a creative business here that if you um have an idea for a product but you don't have the skills to create the product that's a problem there's a disconnect mm. there mm. so honing your craft is really important and then one thing that when i first set my uh, silver brand up originally in like 2008 I think it was that I thought that the oh the work will speak for itself you know if 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 I build it they will come you know the field Mm -hmm. of dreams business Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand about telling the story and about how to show the values that are dear to me um, how they're coming out in the work I just thought oh if I make this really lovely line of jewelry they'll just get it they'll buy it and of course it doesn't happen like that you have to build an actual brand with meaning behind it so that would be another tip and take action actually do it you know take small steps every single day towards the thing that you want to do and then the final thing that I wish I'd done at the beginning was get an email list because it's so easy to speak to people on your list that it much more easy than speaking to people on social media who only see you know two percent of what you put out mm-hmm. so those are my tips
1: oh they're wonderful Great. tips yeah <laughs> yes, yeah <they>
2: <laughs> and that's that's only if you want this is not just you know this is if you want a handmade business but if you know if you want to make jewelry just because you want to make jewelry for the creativity of it, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. have just fun. Get on Skillshare. Have a look around on Skillshare, or you know, just go to the craft shop and buy mm. a few materials. Look at a YouTube video. Take a class. You know, mm. just take steps. Take yes. action towards it. It works. Small steps it does. are small steps. the most
0: magical thing yep. that I think are it's so underrated, really, yeah. because we think it's not going to make a difference. But it's almost like because we think it's not going to make a difference that it helps because yeah. we're not intimidated by it. That's right. If it's a small little thing that doesn't seem like a big deal, you know,
2: then we can yeah. do it. And it's like, okay, and then we can play. Exactly. So it's the difference uh, between saying um, I'm going to learn how to make jewellery which sounds like a huge 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 task and it's almost insurmountable because you know you can't just go from not being able to make jewellery to be ma- being able to make jewellery but you could say today I'm going to learn how to make some good jump rings
0: mm-hmm.
2: right and then the next day I'm going to learn how to you know make a chain yeah. or then I'm going to get, learn how to use a saw So breaking it down into tiny little action steps instead of, you know, failing at, you know, having a really big goal and then failing at it because you've not broken it down into tiny Mm
0: -hmm.
2: manageable steps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is the thing that I think makes the biggest difference in terms of whether we get what we want to do done creatively or not. Those two things together, I think the small steps and playing yeah you know yeah. those are magical they really are
2: yeah well, thank
0: you so much for sharing all this with us today thank you for inviting it's, me it's always so nice to hear about your work and your process and how you do what you do so magically and uh oh. <laughs> yeah we appreciate it yes thank you so, where can people find you online? How can they get on your mailing list what
2: what should we yeah do? good good one <laughs> mailing list no, um, <laughs> everything everything I do is on bikusigns which is my website um my instagram every, i'm biku designs everywhere b i k u designs all one word um everywhere facebook instagram uh, twitter not that I use Twitter very much and also if you're a maker and you'd like to to learn to join the overseas makers guild if you're an expat maker it's on facebook overseas makers guild and also we're on instagram now overseas underscore makers underscore guild okay. and uh our instagram is uh very quiet shall we say <laughs> because it's just me <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Because I'm in your Facebook group, the the on the yes. Face. It is yes. such a lovely group, just anybody who's out there. It is. It, it really is. is. Yeah, it's very really
2: really
0: supportive. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's all free. So Yeah. The only the only prerequisite is that you're a maker of some kind. We've got people who are doing all sorts of things in there. You know, we've got writers, we've got bakers, we've got uh oh, woodworkers, everything. Wonderful. So many different um, crafts in there. It's, it's quite an inspirational place. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Well, thanks again so much. And thank you for inviting me. It's yeah. been wonderful
1: to talk to you today, Victoria.
2: Thank you very much. We'll right. see you care. guys soon. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Thanks so much for hanging out with us today.
0: Subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review so more people can enjoy these creative conversations. And make sure to come back next time for more interviews with fascinating creatives from
1: all over the world. Until then, keep creating.